more like Marilyn Monroe, am I right? <sighs> All right. <laughs> What's up, everybody? It's me, Adam Pecora here. Healthy and good as new. Kinda. <laughs> You're listening to Requiem for a Tuesday. Thanks for tuning in. How the hell are ya? So it may have turned out that I had a little thing called COVID. Uh, I guess it's real. I don't know. I think I said that on the last episode was a little delirious, it turns out. So I don't know if that's any good or not. But whatever, you're here for another classic this week. Back to full form, the energy's up. Uh, voice is mostly not shitty. Still kind of sounds like I have water in my nose, but it doesn't feel like it. And that's all that matters. What you feel is what's real, and that's just how it is. Uh, let me do my generic plugs that nobody listens to. So rate, review, and subscribe to Requiem for a Tuesday. Namely on Spotify. I need more reviews on Spotify. Not that there's enough on Apple. Let's get them reviewed. Give me the goods. Uh, leave a comment thing, whatever. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Uh, you know, good for your boy. You like the show? Help it out. Pretty simple. Share it around. Do your thing. Uh, you can get some merch at rfat.bigcartel.com. I got uh, music as Wolf X, some dancey jams available on all streaming services, Bandcamp, you know, Apple Spotify, obviously. So go check that out along as along with Multiplex, my project with Justice, got some interesting and sometimes great things available uh, our most recent album google is excellent and has been great almost a year since that released actually by next episode it'll have been that so that's exciting very happy with that record check that one out and you can check out justice's stuff microwave minutes his podcast and his solo music as well uh, i believe you can get to that stuff from the links below but you can definitely get to everything else all linked in the description below check it all out right in one place for your convenience all right so let's talk about it let's talk about this giant piece of shit <laughs> that we could not avoid hearing about for months and months technically for years at this point but really in the last few months all anybody's talking about is this blonde Marilyn Monroe. It's going to be amazing. Like all the reports are like, be ready. Academy Awards. Like you're about to fill out your ballot with this movie. Like we pulled out all the stops. We've been working on it for 10 years. <laughs> we went through every fucking writer, director in this town until we got it right. And boy, did they not, which we'll get into. But, uh... Yeah, it was like, this movie's destined for greatness. Oh, it's rated NC-17, but we're Netflix, so we don't care because it literally doesn't matter what anything is rated on Netflix. It's all just right there on the front page, which, you know, 
unless you literally have your kids using kids Netflix, anybody can watch it. Kind of a flaw to the rating system itself. Um, it may have a limited theatrical release. I'm sure uh, they do that for most of their movies for award contention. So maybe that is a reason, but still overall, like, come on. And also for the NC-17 thing, this, I mean, the one thing that the people that made Blonde are right about is that, like, way crazier shit gets released under rated R. And basically because there's, like, abortions, plural, they have to show plural, which, you know, I suppose could be done well, but it's kind of like we get it. Uh <laughs> So it kind of just seems like the context of the graphic things that they... But again, it's not like graphic. It's just mentally disturbing. <laughs> um, maybe... I don't know. There's an argument to be made, I suppose. But I can see it either way. Uh, where do I start? First things first. They talked about how Anna de Armas worked with all these dialect coaches and all this shit to get her to sound just like Marilyn Monroe. Uh, she sounds like a Cuban lady, which she is the whole time. Uh, so I don't really get it. I guess maybe I'd have to watch something where she speaks in her true, true accent. And maybe it's just like a little bit thicker, but she doesn't sound like Marilyn Monroe. So all the praise of like all the work she did to sound like her didn't pay off as far as I'm concerned. That's just Anna Darmus. And most of it's black and white. So she's not even really blonde. You know, <laughs> kind of weird. But I guess I've also, I think, literally never seen anything Marilyn Monroe has done outside of the classic clips and in those clips, she's either singing or not speaking. So I suppose I could be wrong there. Didn't do the research to confirm that, but I don't really care. Wasn't worth it. Just saying, she sounds pretty Cuban to me. Which, again, is fine, I suppose. I mean, that's kind of silly. Um, I'm not going to technically, let me just say... If we're being woke about it, which I'm not, but like woke people, shouldn't a white person play a white person? Isn't that your whole thing? Nobody can play anything other than what they are, which isn't what acting is. You know, <laughs> just saying a little hypocrisy there, but I get it. The whites don't count. Whatever. Great logic. Um <laughs> I don't care who would have played her in this movie. Technically, it is bad for Anna Darmus that she did this just because it's a giant piece of shit. Uh, but she's getting praised for her performance, which I can see also. Like, her acting was good. It's not... I'm just saying, don't brag about the vocal transformation she went through just to have her sound the same. That's my issue. Not that she doesn't sound like Marilyn Monroe. I could give a fuck. You know? None of that ever actually really matters because no matter what, it's never that person. So who cares? You know, technically, like, shouldn't we be getting into like licensing people's likeness so that we can just deep fake some vanilla face motherfucker so it's real easy, you know, and then anybody can just be the exact person? 
But then where do you draw the line there? A lot of questions. This movie's very thought-provoking in that way. <laughs> um, <clears throat> excuse me. I just, you know, just for the sake of the argument on that one, I thought I would have a little fun. Don't email me. <laughs> or whatever. I don't care. Um, but it, it starts off, like, right away, you're kind of like, oh, boy, is the whole movie going to be like this? The answer is kind of yes, which I'll explain what I mean. But at the same time, while you're wondering that, there's a lot of, like, amazing visuals happening, like, right at the beginning where, like, shots, like, blur into each other and, like, things, like, melt and shift across it's really it's kind of hard to explain because it's just so like such a unique like visual almost psychedelic transitioning happen uh like there's a specific shot where she's like laying on a bed or something at the beginning and then that like splits into two or something and it like i don't i don't know how to explain it <clears throat> They stumped me on this one, I guess. What can you say? But there's just some like beautiful, absolutely like amazing camera work, editing, however the fuck they did these shots. Like there's some just gorgeous things being shown. But everything that's like happening in the movie is the opposite. It's just incredibly unpleasant and bleak. Which doesn't, the black and white doesn't help that. It doesn't feel like it's in the past. I feel like if it does feel like it's in the past, it's Auschwitz footage. Like, this thing is as sad and just, I don't even know what else to say. It's just dark. <laughs> so her mom's just completely crazy, completely hates her, completely treats her like shit. And I should note also that this movie is intentionally fictional. But it uses like 90% facts. So it just kind of makes the parts that are fictional. Just like why did you even bother? Because most of this is accurate. Technically. So I don't really understand that. Like she has a, she's in a three way relationship with Charlie Chaplin's son. And someone else's son. And apparently... That is a complete fabrication. And they just kind of don't need to add it. They're just like, oh, look, she really was fucking around. <laughs> like, I don't really know what they're showing. Um, but it starts with her as a small child. Also, another side note. I did fall asleep at some point for some amount of time. Then woke back up. And was like, man, this is still this awful, even after it made me fall asleep. Which, at that point, why wouldn't it? And I shut it off about not even two hours in. It's a three-hour-plus movie. So, I haven't necessarily seen the entire movie because it's that terrible. I did read in the blanks. And uh, it stays just as bad. So... I'll probably never finish it, maybe for fun, but yeah, I guess I'll just clarify that. 
maybe as we get through the plot, I'll point out where uh, I was kind of lost. <laughs> maybe I can pinpoint where I fell asleep, too. Maybe that'll help. Just a little bit of everything. Okay. So... Basically, her mom just is, like, crazy. And she tries to drown her. Okay. (laughs) Yes, but... So, Marilyn... I'm just going to call her Marilyn. Her real name is Norma. Not important. So, Marilyn is a small little girl, and she's like, where's my daddy? And her mom's like, I fucking hate you. (laughs) And... She's like, okay, but is he coming back? And she's like, shut your fucking mouth. And (laughs) uh, for some reason, the mom drives Marilyn up there while there's a forest fire. And she's like, this is where your daddy lived. He's dead now. And it's like good timing that there was a fire like what was your plan originally and then they're like get out of here you guys like there's a fire you can't just drive here and she's like (laughs) like it's like okay and then takes her home and tries to drown her but then just lets her go and she's like you're the worst thing that's ever happened to me (laughs) and it's like all right And then she just goes next door, sees what happened, and she's like, well, I can't take care of you, so fuck off. And then lied to her and dropped her off at an orphanage. And she's just like, I'm not an orphan. And they're like, yeah, we're going here. And she's like, but I'm not an orphan. And it's like, bitch, shut the fuck up. Oh, that's what it was. They lied to her, and they're like, your mom's better. Let's go see her. It's been like a couple days. And she just drops her at an orphanage. It's like... She's not a dog. Like You don't have to say you're going for a walk and then put him in the car. Like You could just tell her. Anyway. Again, since it's partially fictionalized and, you know, there's not, like, amazing documentation. Also, I'm not reading some, like, authorized Marilyn Monroe biography to corroborate any of this. It's hard to say what part of this would be forced, but technically, since you're labeling it fiction, like all of this could just be insanely fabricated, which she had like multiple siblings. So that already is like a huge flaw in this. So just saying it's like. Why make it this horrible and completely disturbing? And you know what I mean? Anyway, then it just cuts and she's like immediately already famous in pinups, which basically just means you're a model that shows your cleavage from what I gather. I guess she was also doing nudes, right? And then all of a sudden, she's like, I want to be an actress, whatever. And her husband's like, I'll beat the shit out of you. Like, you're not an actress or something. And then she leaves him. And then she's immediately, like, doing an audition. And they all say that she's terrible in the audition. But in the audition, she, like, doesn't really seem to do that bad. 
But then at the end, she's like, can I do it again? And they're like, no, get out of here. And then they all talk about how terrible she is. But it didn't seem that bad. Like, she should have, like, the performance in the audition should have just been a lot worse. So it's clear what's happening. I don't know. It just felt like a huge waste of time. And at the end, it was like, oh, was she that bad? And it's like, I guess that's why I'm not a casting director, you could say. But it was just weird. Um, And then she's in a room with, like, the head of the studio or whatever. And he just, like, pushes her on the ground and rips her clothes off and, like, doesn't say anything. And she just starts crying as, like, she gets pounded. And it's like... Okay, this is, like, supposedly true, right? Which I'm sure it was, you know? But I don't know, man. Just pretty horrific. Because then it just cuts. And she's, like, acting a lot now. And then starts the three-way couple with those guys I mentioned. So it's like... I don't know. Let me move on and then <laughs> I'll sum up some thoughts. Okay. And then she gets in a big role. It's called Niagara or whatever. Um, and that's great. And then she gets like double fingered at the premiere by the two guys. I guess. So that's great. And then she has, I think this yeah, so next, she gets pregnant with one of those guys' kids. <clears throat> and then she has an abortion because it might have her mom's mental illness. And it's like a first-person abortion. And it's not great to watch. It's troubling. And again, you could make the argument either way, like... Well, this is what we got to show, but I'll get to why it's terrible. I pretty much align with most of the public and critical opinion that has been written about this. Well, I don't know about public. I'm sure there's a, a lot of dumb fucks that think it's great. Uh, then she's with Joe DiMaggio and he just beats the shit out of her. And it's like, all right, Joe DiMaggio. That's pretty wild. Now, Joe DiMaggio, I will say, is played by Bobby Cannavale. Always great to see Bobby Cannavale, but, you know, pretty rough. Uh, he just beats the shit out of her. And then during... Then they show her doing the famous, like, Diamonds are a man's best friend, or girl's best friend, whatever that is from that movie, Gentlemen Love Blondes. Prefer Blondes. Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. That's what it is. Uh, <laughs> they show that whole thing, and then that's fun. Um, she then marries Joe DiMaggio and he beats the shit out of her because she starts, well, for many reasons, but then she starts doing, uh, the seven year itch, which is when she does the white dress over the sewer grate thing. And he lost his mind. She beat the shit. She got the shit beaten out of her and she left him. Uh, then this is where I fell asleep. So, which is a shame because this is when she gets into Broadway with Arthur Miller, which I had no idea they were even married until I was reading about this movie, 
which that's a cool, fun thing. That's very interesting. Uh, I think Death of a Salesman and The Crucible are both as boring as it could get. Now, I just read them in high school, but man, was that shit lame. Don't get it. But uh, people love them. Anyway, so she auditions for him. They fall in love. They make a play, whatever, and then they're married. But then she has a miscarriage, and I guess that is also very troubling (laughs) to view and hurts your stomach. So that's fun. Then I'm completely out of it. Haven't seen any of this. So then they do Some Like It Hot. And she has a bunch of outbursts. And then she starts taking pills. Then as she's dependent on pills, uh, JFK forces her to suck him off, then rapes her. Then she throws up and they take her away. Uh, this is, I'm just reading this on Wikipedia now, so that's rough. Jesus. Which, should we even assume that? Was that on, was that in the cards? If that's what, like, she said how it went down, then that's terrible. If that's just one of the things they made up for the movie, can we not slander JFK? That's just my side note. Uh, not that he was a great guy. I mean, he was cheating on his wife either way. But you know what I mean? A lot worse. If that's if that's didn't go down, what are we doing? I just don't like that. I like to believe in JFK. Okay? Anyway. <clears throat> then uh at the end it turned so she was like, I guess getting letters the whole time that were from her quote unquote father. It's revealed that they were from one of her dual boyfriends, and then that's why she kills herself, because somebody was doing something nice for her. Beautiful movie. Uh, Anyway, so the issue here is that they're showing all these terrible things and there is nothing redeeming about them. Not that there should be, you know what I mean? But there's nothing to redeem it that counters it. So she's going through all this horrible stuff and she just seems miserable. Like she was never happy once the whole time. And I get it. If what they're trying to show is how like, much these like how one traumatic event affected her and it only led to more traumatic events which led to her being like worse and worse and worse which led to drug addiction which led to an overdose slash potential suicide right i understand that in principle but it's like okay she goes from being a pinup girl then she's just raped and is the biggest movie star in america and it's And the whole time she's just like, this isn't me. Why is any of this happening? Like, who even am I? And it's like, well, why are you continuing to be in all these movies then? Like, it doesn't seem like she has any interest in being an actress. It doesn't seem like she's happy with being the most famous person on earth. To the point of like, just because you're at the top, it doesn't mean you should be happy. Sure. But if she was actually this miserable doing it the whole time, she could have just stopped. Like, she could have retired and moved away and just gotten a job and done something. I mean, sure, it's not that simple when you already are that famous, whatever. You can make whatever argument you want. But, like, she cared and really wanted to be an actress. Like, she went to, like, a crazy 
artsy acting school, like the actor studio or whatever in New York and like trained with like the greatest acting trainers and actors in the world. And then she fucking went and did an Arthur Miller play and started doing all these other things. My point is she like very much cared about acting and the craft and none of that is shown. It's just like, no, she was just miserable and everybody used her and destroyed her. And that's not true. She opened up her own production studio and was like a pioneer for someone like doing it themselves, which is all you ever hear. Any every comedian online now just sucks their own dicks about how I did it all my way myself. And it's like if YouTube didn't exist, you guys wouldn't even be doing this. And like you're not doing anything revolutionary by posting your video that nobody wanted to buy on YouTube. You're like, I'm making my own money. I don't need to depend on the studios. It's like if the studio called you, you would have, you know, for the most part. I get that there's some that are doing it well. But the point is like, oh, I ain't dependent on no platform except all these platforms I use, you know, (laughs) like it's just a thing. But anyway, so she was doing that in 1958 or whatever the fuck. And they don't bring any of that up. The whole movie. It's just no Everyone is oppressing her and treating her horribly. But all that you read about this movie before it came out was many people and executives and people involved and people not even involved, like Jamie Lee Curtis, for example. They were like, what a feminist portrayal of what she went through. Not the case, (laughs) in my opinion, I suppose. Ladies, let me know. But it was basically just like, she's a woman here are things that happen to women that are terrible like we're just gonna show them but at no point does she ever like take any personal like i don't know how to word this i was gonna say personal pride i guess just like at no point does she her like empower herself is that the word? That's the word women love to use, empowered. At no point is she shown like that. She's like a fragile victim the entire time. You know? And it takes various men to project her, you know? Like the studio guy rapes her. That probably actually happened from all accounts, you know? But, like, it took that, and then it takes the other guys to make her feel okay, you know? And she's happy with them as a couple. And then Arthur Miller has to get her this play and then do this, and then the president makes her do this. And then the letter from the guy revealing that he was the one writing those father letters causes her to kill herself, like... No matter what, it's still just like everything good or bad that happens to you is based on something else. It just feels like at no point is she independent in this movie. It seems like she's forced to do every single thing she wants to do and then just kills herself. And it's like she definitely enjoyed herself at some point in time for some period of time. There's no way that she would like it just basically shows her as like an unstable psycho who's helpless. And it just wasn't true. You know, 
And like, there's the thing about her being difficult to work with. But I wonder how much of that was her like caring a lot and like being a good actress. Like added with women aren't even allowed to think or do anything at the time. So it's like, who are you to start to do this? Like, I wonder how much of it is that type of projection anyway. But then they just show her as being like crazy again. And it's like, why isn't any of this from her point of view even though, like, oh, we'll literally show an abortion from her point of view, but it's just, like, outside of visually, literally doing something from her point of view, this is still told from, like, a distance where it's like, no, here's how it all is. Like, at no point is she, like, a person the whole time. Do you know what I mean? It's just, like, where is her personality and like thoughts and opinions other than like naive misery and crazy shit. And again, Anna Darmus, she nails it, but it's just like, this was the script and you guys were like, run this shit. We got it. I guess uh, the director summed it up himself. So this is what he said. Why is Marilyn Monroe the great female icon of the 20th century? For men, she is an object of sexual desire that is desperately in need of rescue. I have never once thought that about Marilyn Monroe. Like, maybe the sexual desire part. I don't think that anyone thought she needed to be rescued. I think everybody just thought she was really hot and wanted to pound. You know? I get, you know, if he means it in the part where, like, she killed herself so she needed some help. But it's just like... The fact that you would already think that she could have just been saved by a guy in this quote alone, theoretically, is terrible. Uh, and then he goes, for women, she embodies all the injustices, all the injustices visit upon the feminine, a sister, a Cinderella consigned to live among the ashes. Um, so she doesn't embody a female success story for women. She doesn't embody a symbol of empowerment like in all ways she can be viewed as a positive role model model for women but he's like nah she's just a complete disaster for women it's like okay i want to tell the story finishing the quote i want to tell the story of norma jean as a central figure in a fairy tale uh fairy tales typically have happy endings an orphan lost in the woods of Hollywood being consumed by the great icon of the 20th century. So the theme that they do want to get across basically is like, I'm just Norma Jean. Who even is Marilyn Monroe? And it's like, it almost portrays it as like she, as a person, didn't know the difference. She's like, but the person on screen's name is Marilyn Monroe, but I'm Norma. Who's going to know Norma? And it's like, you picked your screen name. You know, like, it's just like not even a normal conflict that anyone would have. Now, they mean like persona versus her, but it's like you literally know the difference because you turn on and off that persona. It's almost like a they view it as like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde where she's Mr. Hyde. And then whenever she films a movie, she transforms and blacks out. And then she sees the movie and she's like, who even is that? It's like, uh... None of this makes any sense. Then he described this movie as being more accessible than his previous projects. It's not accessible at all. It's way longer. 
again, weird visual stuff. The music's kind of interesting, but it's different. And then he even says the script has very little dialogue and wants to make it an avalanche of images and events. Again, that's not more accessible. That's unconventional. Um, Here's another statement he has. It tells the story of how a childhood trauma shapes an adult and who who's split between a public and private self. It's basically the story of every human being, but it's using certain sense of association that we have as something very familiar, just through media exposure. It takes all of those things and turns the meanings of them inside out, according to how she feels, which is basically how we live. Like, what does that even mean? I don't even know what I just said. That's all bullshit. Okay. It's, all, it's how we all operate in the world. It just seems to me to be very resonant. I think the project has really got a lot of exciting possibilities in terms of what we could get done cinematically. So, yeah, none of that makes any sense. All of those are very half-baked ideas where when you tie them to the actual person it's about, uh, they're disjointed, which is why the movie sucks. And then he said it's the first time featuring a woman at the center of the story at another point he said it's different for me to do the main character as female my films are fairly bereft of women and now i'm imagining what it's like to be one uh well apparently he thinks it's just a horrific nightmare from birth to death and the sooner you can get out the better because all that happens is rape and abortion like your whole life is rape and abortion (laughs) like and your dad doesn't love you that's what happens to every woman apparently because he said this is a human experience that everyone goes through now it is very common more common than people like to admit i do understand all that not to be insensitive to the real thing but uh jesus i also believe that women have a good time sometimes (laughs) i mean what the fuck it's just crazy it also kind of implies that that threesome couple like opened her up sexually a little bit it just none of it makes any sense it just just none of it makes any sense and the other movies this guy's done let's see andrew dominic he made a movie called chopper didn't see it supposed to be good i guess the assassination jesse james by the coward robert ford apparently that's really good and has aged even better than it was praised at the time uh killing them softly i thought that movie sucked balls in the theater it's like a black comedy and most of those are terrible but i don't know maybe it was not even supposed to be that but it was just like a small time crook movie and i don't know it gave me a headache i thought it was terrible so that's just that uh yeah this movie's a real giant piece of shit and i don't recommend it to anyone unless to watch it to rip apart um it has been uh, Anna de Armas's performance has been praised, while Dominic's depiction of Monroe's life has been criticized as being exploitative, sexist, and dehumanizing. And I gotta say, as a guy who would normally be like, everybody chill, like it's just a movie, I doubt that it's this extreme, like you're probably taking it out of pro- portion and like blowing things up no that's actually what happened like as i'm watching it i'm like jesus this is not good (laughs) like this is 
so just it's like it felt dirty to being to watching it like this is not cool (laughs) you know just this is like i feel like a historic disaster of a movie you know because like again being in the times that we're in words like this get thrown around about fucking anything like a commercial could get called this to where it's clearly just some big oversight and somebody had to dig for all these views no 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 no. this movie like on the surface level is like straight up disrespectful (laughs) like it is a tough sit a hard hang where it's like i feel like this guy's a piece of shit just for making this movie at the very least, incredibly ignorant. Like, this is just like a fucking crash course masterclass on like what not to do. I'm just rough. (laughs) I can't emphasize it enough. So let me just finish off here because i'm gonna just keep circling around i just feel like i can't get the right words to what i'm trying to say but i think you get the point uh but i'm just gonna go through the reception section of wikipedia and read some quotes from some reviews now it its percentage is okay rotten tomatoes 43 metacritic 49 those aren't good scores but considering what a train wreck it is i think it should be worse um some found the spin on the traditional biopic refreshing sure i can see that loose argument of like hey we could maybe structurally do biopics a little different which already happens anyway. People throw in fictional shit and then people are just like, oh, that didn't happen, but they just called this one fictional up front. It's kind of the only difference there. Um, As far as that, it's just visually interesting. It doesn't really do anything different to spin it. Um, (laughs) Here's some more things. Others criticized it as exploitative, which I said, sexist, which I said, detestable and dehumanizing. (laughs) So that's good. Uh, Let's see. Her performance makes it difficult to look away, but Blonde can be hard to watch as it teeters between commenting on exploitation and contributing to it. What else do we got? Catherine Bray of Empire praised the visual style and her performance, but found the film failed at demystifying Monroe's life. Writing, the portrait that this film paints of Monroe depicts a little lost girl who repeatedly calls her lover's daddy and reacts to almost every new setback with the same tremulously teary ingenue... Ooh, I don't even know how to pronounce that. Damn, this bitch can write. Pout. Uh, (laughs) Vanity Fair's Richard Lawson. Uh, That's the guy who liked it. But again, just liked the difference in storytelling. Whatever. Great performance. Presented as a horror movie in the surreal, nightmare style comparable to David Lynch films, especially Mulholland Drive. Uh, sure. I guess visually it kind of does that and it wants to be like that as a narrative, but Mulholland Drive is a fucking masterpiece, all-time classic, and this is just like a college student's attempt at replicating that without having any of the substance 
or story quality in any way. Mulholland Drive is a fascinating puzzle that people are still trying to put together. Uh, this movie is a straightforward piece of shit. So as a David Lynch stan and a man who loves Mulholland Drive, I'm offended that someone would even make that connection. Like, say that it has a superficial resemblance, sure, but don't act like it's on that same level just because it like clearly wants to be. Okay, so Deadline Hollywood's Damon Wise, you're a fucking moron. Uh, another guy from the Hollywood Reporter is terrible. A lot of these are good. Um... The Guardian's Leslie Felperin, ravishing, moving, and intensely irritating, but ultimately all a bit much. <laughs> Great. That's a lighter review, but still good. Um, from IndieWire, Sophie Kaufman, bizarre, miserablest biopic, uh, praising the performance and cinematography, but then criticizing the portrayal. Dominic, the director, creates the world for reducing his subject down to her top-line assets and then treats her in exactly the same way. His Marilyn is a sexy, breathy blonde with daddy issues, and that's all, folks. Pretty well said. Once again, a director is more interested in examining her body, literally in this case, yeah, rough stuff, than getting inside her mind. Again, basically, I could keep going. There's a whole bunch of these... The movie's way too long, it's terrible, and it is just a surface-level sexist bullshit piece of shit garbage. Oh, wait, here's another good one. New York Times. Oh, the, I didn't finish that initial quote. Given all the indignities and horrors that Marilyn Monroe endured, endured during her 36 years, it's a relief that she didn't have to suffer through the vulgarities of Blonde, the latest necrophiliac entertainment to exploit her. This film isn't about Marilyn Monroe. It's about making her suffer. It turns her into an avatar for suffering, dwelling on her pain so obsessively that even the film's fleeting moments of empathy feel like another form of exploitation. At times, the movie feels like a slaughterhouse seen from the animal's point of view. That's a great one. Uh, what else do we got? Blonde does a grave disservice to the women who it purports to honor. <laughs> The worst kind of feminism, one so absorbed in the desire to save a woman that it victimizes her as much as possible to make its redemption of her that much more praiseworthy. No room for the real-life Marilyn's multidimensionality. Marilyn, the brilliant perceptive, if often difficult performer, is almost nowhere to be seen in this willfully clueless Freudian fantasy. So I wanted to get all of those in there. Much better worded ways by professional writers who know the English language, unlike me, who can say all those things. So yeah, I agree with all of that shit. What a fucking train wreck disaster. Uh, great material for the show. So I gotta say, ultimately, can I really complain it's kind of exactly what I needed. But I was kind of hoping it would have been like fucking awesome like everybody said it was going to be. It's like there's some bare bones. You know how on here all the time I'm like it was a good idea. It just wasn't executed right. The only parts of this that were a good idea were to mess with the black and white color. Do the crazy visual stuff. And that's it. 
All the actual elements of the movie itself are terrible. The only things you can agree with are the bare bones, like, ideas of production. Everything else completely reprehensible. Uh, Wow. Andrew Dominic, way to shit the bed. Probably won't be making too many more movies anytime soon. Um, I hope there's a really aggressive, like, angry response where he's like i know women you don't know women (laughs) like something like that i'm waiting for some kind of uh what's the term here incel like response (laughs) that's what this is this is like if an incel told you marilyn monroe's biography all right i'm gonna get out of here i think i was redundant enough there for the last like 20 minutes uh this movie sucked go watch it with that in mind just so you can rip it apart but it is awful uh (laughs) rate review and subscribe to requiem for a tuesday please 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 i'll catch you next week before i go remember i are fat you are fat we are fat calculators